welcome to the Produce Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel, and I'm delighted to be joined by Scott Schutte. Scott is a longtime produce retail executive whose award-winning career has included stops at Sprouts, Bosch's, Fresh Time, and AJ's Fine Foods. Scott and I got to talking about the time-honored practice of checking out your competition to see what ideas you could borrow and repurpose for your own stores. So, of course, Scott and I ended up finding so many examples that I decided to make our rather lengthy conversation into a multi-part series. We described these examples as we talked about them, of course, but you can also look at the photos of these examples on my LinkedIn page. To find me there, just search Ashley Nickel. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-N-I-C-K-L-E. And speaking of my LinkedIn, if you have topics that you would like to hear about on the program, please send me a message. I started this podcast as a place for produce retail folks to learn from each other. And so I would love to hear what it is that you want to learn. Today's episode is focused on assortment, including creative packs done in-house and what you can learn by examining what kind of space is given to different items at stores near yours. So without further ado, let's go on over to that conversation with Scott Schutte. The thing that you mentioned a moment ago, which is we want to make sure that we we keep doing things that are interesting and not just repeating um, repeating things that our shoppers have seen before. The last segment here that that you prepared today, which thank you, by the way, for the unbelievable preparation that you put into this, Scott. Just want to give you a shout out for our, our listeners here because this is impressive. <laughs> New ideas is our next. Hey, topic. thanks. But it's when you talk about topics like, you know, visiting the competition and borrowing great ideas or great concepts from them. It just uh, it excites me. It, 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 it really energizes me to think of all the opportunities out there that are at our fingertips by a bunch of great merchandisers throughout um, the retail organizations. And this particular picture that you had pulled up is is one of those that I spent a lot of time and attention taking a look at because it's actually very simple, um, but it's something I haven't seen practiced at a lot of retailers for and uh, or before. And the picture really is of a um, uh, a very sizable refrigerated berry case. And it's a a close-up picture that really shows variety berries from the grower in the traditional grower packages that we're used to, displayed side-by-side some value-added packages of processed mixed berries and containers that have uh, four compartments in them that would hold strawberries, a little bit of blueberries, a little bit of raspberries, a little bit of blackberries, um, safety sealed and uh, priced accordingly as an each item instead of a by pound item or any other way. Um, but side by side next to all the other growers packages of berries were these ready to eat grab and go mixed berry containers with uh, berries in individual compartments, as I mentioned. And I like the idea I've seen the packaged berries before, the packaged mixed berries before, either all mixed together or in compartmentalized trays like this particular example. But I've seen them over in the value-added case, side by side, the cups of sliced mangoes or the watermelon cups or the fruit trays or the vegetable trays and that sort of category or that area of the department. I never really realized the impact of what it would be like to put... uh, prepared, processed, cleaned berries um, next to regular grower packages of berries. 
And it intrigued me enough that uh, not only did I stop and take a look at it and take a picture of it, but uh, at 7.45 in the morning, I actually sat there and I counted how many packages of these value-added berry packages were in the display case. And after counting 10 stacks that were four high for a total of, of 40 berry packages, it woke me up a little bit to realize that that's a lot of processed packaged value-added berries in this particular berry case. They must definitely know something I don't know about um, customers and how active they would be in purchasing this type of item. Now, granted, the um, the grower packages of a package of raspberries, a six ounce raspberry or blackberry or blueberry were on sale also. And so it was a pretty fair assessment to look at it and look at it multiple times and really think to myself, I wonder how many of these packages of berries, not knowing or having any access to item movement, wonder how many they're actually selling. That seems like a pretty big investment or a gamble in 40 packages of these value-added mixed berries in the case. And so I made it a point that night afterwards, about uh, 5.30, 6 o'clock at night, um, to make a field trip back over to the same exact store, the same exact chain location and everything, and go to the berry case and take a look at what the berry case fill level looked like at that particular time of day or later in the afternoon or evening. And um, I was very impressed because there were now 10 packages of these value-added berries that were left. And so doing some quick math, it looked like a 75% sell-through throughout the day. But the only unknown for me was if they filled the berry case throughout the day. So there might have been even more value-added berries added to the case. But regardless, um, seeing that type of movement, and seeing that type of, uh, you know, throughout uh, X number of hours out of the day, uh, a nine or a 10 hour period of time, seeing them move that much product out of the berry case and sell that much, um, it was eye-opening to me that that was a great idea, that that was something that uh, worked well with the consumer and was obviously um, what looked like or appeared to me to be um, a big value for the retailer when it came down to uh, profit margin and sales going through the front register. Those happened to be, I believe, a, a $5 berry pack, a value-added berry pack um, that were definitely upselling and gaining more sales at the front register for them. So I deem that one um, a success and it might be a small example but I honestly believe when you make trips like this to the competition, that you can find a lot of little nuggets like the value-added berry package that at the end of the day, or the end of the week, or the end of the month, they add up to some substantial numbers when it comes to uh, profitability, when it comes to uh, even shrink reduction and shrink control. Um, these could have been uh, berries that were um, an outlet to um, being processed or further processed into the, the package or the container that they're in right now. And then um, those incremental sales that uh, actually um, fueled by movement and customer selection and the ease of uh, being ready to eat and grab and go that uh, really helped out uh, some success stories at the end of the end of the day, week and the month. 
Well, that is that's some excellent uh, detective uh, observational work there, Scott. Going back, uh, I when I saw that in your notes, I'm like, that is awesome. You went at one point to see the beginning, and then back at the end of the day to check out and move. That 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 made my day. Yeah, your only other option, I guess, is to know somebody at that retailer that uh, can actually tell you that uh, movement report or that sales history right away, so you become a believer instantly. But I think there's a lot of opportunities on uh, little things like this to pay attention to and pay attention to two or three times to make sure that you're uh, you're seeing the uh, or visualizing and experiencing the same level of success that that these competition or the store actually is. So good example. Absolutely. And I believe. For some reason, I'm thinking of something that you had called out and I'm not seeing the picture, but one of the things that you had mentioned, I'll stop sharing my screen here for a second. One of the things I believe you had mentioned um, along this kind of broader topic of borrowing ideas from the competition was really taking a close look on the assortment side. I remember when we visited stores out in your neck of the woods, I believe it was a Cardenas market, if I remember correctly. Yes, it was. And I think we were looking at um, the the heads of lettuce or, or cabbage, and you were observing the size that they had devoted to this item. And so, you know what? You know, depending on what we see other locations in this area, there might be an opportunity for them to not devote as much space to that. Or if they're really selling through that, that might be an opportunity for everybody else to devote more space, you know, kind of depending on, on yeah. what's, what's happening there during the day. Yeah. And I really like your, your train of thought on that comment too, because everything that we've talked about today, talked about um, really going to a competitor and, and finding things that they do well and that they're having success with, and then borrowing that idea or reinterpreting that idea back within your organization, I think we can talk about the opposite. We can talk about going out to the competition and maybe seeing something that um, opens your eyes to not working or maybe not being the best idea in the world and maybe being an area that they're struggling in in a big way. And to be able to see it at a different location or within a different organization um, might actually help you make sure that your organization isn't making that same mistake um, or isn't making, you know, some of the uh, uh, breaking some of the rules of, of, of fundamental merchandising or uh, temperature control of a display case or, you know, the uh, assortment or um, the item selection that is out there. And is it correct for their clientele or is it correct for your clientele or all those big questions? When you get out to a, a competitor, those are questions that come up and you can look at both sides and determine um, um, you know, some of the wins and some of the losses and some of the, I must go back and do this and repeat this at my location. And some of those, well, I, I just learned a valuable lesson here. It's easy to see what they're doing is not working and it's a mistake I don't wanna end up making. And whether it's a, a seasonal mistake or a common merchandising mistake or something that just isn't fitting for um, the store and the clientele, you can a lot of times learn from some of those easy mistakes that other retailers are making also and hope to avoid them back back at your organization. But when we talk about assortment and we talk about the item selection that you see out in the competition, 
Um, there's a lot of great examples out there of really, you, you don't have to count items necessarily, or you don't have to, uh, you know, re- record the amount of a certain category, the items that are in that category, but you have to be aware of um, what's available and what the assortment looks like. And again, what appears to be working, you know, what's fresh on the shelf or what's empty on the shelf because they're sold out um, or, you know, how soon another retailer is able to transition over into a new season and have product available all the way to one of my favorite examples. And that's really waking up and understanding the power and the growth of the organic category and being able to look at the assortment of organic items in today's day and age. And I always go back to one of my favorite examples, and that's using Costco as a retailer that um, I'm always in checking out to see what's going on and what's the latest and greatest pack sizes that are available, what's the latest and greatest item selection that they have. And most of all, what is their growing assortment of organic looking like right now? And uh, I've actually done um, some skew counts and really realized and was able to track the migration of how well somebody like Costco has done transitioning from a lot of conventional items to a tremendous amount of organic items that appear to be performing extremely well, um, especially by, you know, uh, uh, sales reports and and just by the tonnage of these organic items that you see out on the sales floor or in the refrigerated coolers at your local Costco. And I think it's important to pay attention to that growth and that development of industry leaders like Costco and how they're evolving to become more of a, a an organic destination than they ever have before. And they're doing it because obviously something is working well. So um, a great example of how to pay attention to what the assortment is like at the uh, competition, um, at another retailer that's, you know, close by locations or parallel locations to where you operate and to make sure that you're, you know, living up to those customer expectations on what the assortment should be and what the item availability and selection should be in your operations. And one of the best ways to do it is, see what the industry leaders are doing out there and how they're doing it correctly. So that's a great point. Well, and even just to to layer on top of that, knowing what what some of your main traffic drivers are in, in your stores, right? And then looking at whether it's the club or, you know, whatever different competitor, do they have pack sizes of this that I don't? Or do they have a value on this that that I would struggle to compete with or you know, especially for the things that you, you know, your shoppers that are really important to your shoppers in particular, you know, zeroing in on those things too, I think is, is a way to, cause, um, and probably, probably folks who have been in the industry longer, don't, don't get overwhelmed. Like, cause I think about, my gosh, like there's so many opportunities. There's so many things to look at, but, you know, narrowing in on things, depending on, you know, am I looking to expand the category? Am I looking to focus on my main traffic drivers or basket builders? Or there's so many ways to kind of na- narrow narrow the focus too and, and kind of uh, go, go in with, with that view as well. Yeah. And the perfect example to your point would be many years ago, the, the common method of buying a package of strawberries was buying a pint of strawberries. 
And that graduated into growers packing strawberries in one pound packages. And the one pound container became the optimum uh, package for selling consumers strawberries. Uh, today's day and age has changed even more. You know, you get the value packs of strawberries in there and you get a, a, a two pound container of strawberries as a very common method of, of selling strawberries all the way to selling the half flat container, the four pound containers of strawberries that um, it's not just selling pint strawberries anymore or just selling one pound strawberries anymore, that you've got to have the right assortment. You've got to have the right pack size and you've got to have what the consumer is looking for. And, um, you know, what opt what what actually is going to be optimized uh, in your store, in your environment with your customers to the best of its ability. So good example. Space allocation is a topic of discussion that comes up, too, when you talk about assortment. You know, if you got all these different varieties of items and you've got a pretty vast assortment, um, looking at other retailers on how they are determining or what type of space they are giving all those many different varieties of items and how they're allocating X number of space to certain items that really make sense because they might be a, a high velocity, um, high tonnage item for their customer base, all the way down to some of those much smaller displays that they're you know using as more of a an accent to a primary display rather than um, uh, creating a shrink monster with something that you know is way too big of a display. And I, I I laughed because your your memory is very good. We were in that particular um, uh, store, and we were noticing that the uh, head lettuce display was uh, about twenty heads of lettuce wide on the uh, display shelf. And obviously, it was a maybe a hiccup on their part that uh, at a dollar forty nine or whatever the price point was, that it wasn't a uh, a price point conducive of really being you know, 20 heads of lettuce wide on the display. They were maybe making up for something else that um, was out of stock or was not available. So they took a fast and easy way and uh, spread out or adjusted on the head lettuce display. Um, you can do that same methodology or the opposite of it um, and learn from the proper space allocation that a lot of retailers are paying close attention to, giving the proper category management to, and uh, even use, uh, utilizing technology to help them determine what that size of the display should actually be, either based on the season, the time of year, um, or just the everyday movement of that item in order to avoid excessive shrink and to keep the product fresh and turned and rotated, that paying attention to what other retailers do with space allocation and the size of their displays for the overall size of their department um, is very important to be able to take a look at for both good and bad reasons. Back in the studio now, a huge thank you to Scott for sharing his insights with us. And thank you to our listeners for joining us for the conversation. The next and final segment of this particular series will be My Picks, a smorgasbord of different examples, including digital merchandising in store, dedicating multiple end caps to the same item, inspiration from the meat department, and more. And one last thing before you go, if you are learning from or otherwise enjoying these conversations, please do rate and review the podcast. That support helps me keep it rolling, lets me to continue to bring you insight from some really wonderful and knowledgeable people throughout this industry. 
Thank you again for joining us, and we will see you again next time on the Produce Retail Podcast.